What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I'm your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who is anything but ordinary, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. Well, thank you. I guess I take that as a compliment. That's a, yeah, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a conundrum. That's what I, you know, I tell people that all the time. As a deacon who is ordained but has children and has a marriage, for so many people, it's anything but ordinary. But I'm, I, always say I'm a conundrum to myself, to my family, and to the community I work in. Nobody quite knows where I fit, what I am, what I do. So Um, anything but ordinary. But yeah, we're in ordinary time. We're back in ordinary time. So uh, Scott, remind our listeners, what does that mean, ordinary time? There are certain uh, seasons of time within our calendar. Ordinary time means ordered time. It's not like Christmas is extraordinary and, and the rest of the year is just ordinary. No, it's ordered time. And in the order of the church, the liturgical cycle, we rotate through that cycle of gospel passages, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And this year is cycle A. And so in the ordered time of the liturgical cycle, this is uh, the year that we read from the gospel of Matthew. So you'll hear Matthew predominantly read at all of the Sunday masses. And then John gets sprinkled in amongst the key points. So John gets kind of the ongoing presence, but we've cycled through Mark and Luke, and now we're coming back to cycle A, which is the gospel of Matthew. For me, the gospel depth that he goes into in his gospel, it speaks to me in a strong way. So excited. Yeah, it is a nice time. So we'll be in ordinary time from now until Ash Wednesday, which begins the Lenten season. That's going to be on February 22nd. So these days of the calendar mark off, just counting down from the beginning again. So we're coming up to the second Sunday of ordinary time, and it'll just continue to count until Lent and then through Easter. And then we're back into ordinary time. And we'll, of course, recognize that priest and, of course, deacons will be wearing green vestments. Well, it's that time of year where we kind of do that work of the church, not that ordinary work of the church, but we really take to heart what we have come through in Advent and the Christmas season, and then just really work on living our spiritual daily life in all that we do. And Scott, you take living that ordinary work of the church with you no matter where you go. Now, for our listeners, if they're recognizing that the good deacon sounds a little different today, well, that's because, well, he's recording this show we're bi-coastal. You are on the other side of the country because you are on travel for work. I used to think when I was at home with little children doing all of that ordinary work of life, just bringing up kids and and doing all of those things so that way responsibilities are happening. And I used to think when you had to travel for your work, boy, that sounds like the most amazing thing to do to have this extraordinary adventure while I'm at home doing the ordinary work. You would have something to say to me though about that. Yeah. It, it, if anything's extraordinary, it's the being away <laughs> is the extraordinary part for me being away from family. So it it's challenging, but it, there's an ordered necessity to it. And I think that's what, it's representative 
of a kind of, let's take that in context of the, of the church year. There's necessary things that we do throughout the year to orient our focus to our commitment to the Lord. As a parent who's working in this instance, I have to order my life towards the betterment of the family. So I have to kind of put it in context that when I make these trips, it's a value to the family, even when it's challenging. And so I kind of take it almost like a Lenten or an Advent commitment when I have that happen. It's not as suffering as it could be, uh, but I miss being with the family. So travel is always a, a commitment and a sacrifice. And on the opposite end, when I look back, I should have reminded myself more often that the work of home, of raising a family and raising them in the faith and bringing peace and making sure that needs are met, that is valuable, the most valuable even that that I was able to do during that time. And I should not have looked at it as something that was less than what you were doing. And I think many times stay-at-home mothers view that, that what I am doing is really rather ordinary. But as the church would say, wow, that is where the really deep work happens during the ordinary weeks. And anything at home, well, it is obviously more than just ordinary time. Well, you also had an opportunity to experience something really incredible. Encounter Ministries is a new ministry that's really taken hold in many dioceses across the United States, and this has become part of your ministry. Coming up, I am going to be talking with Kevin Manetti. There is a new Encounter School of Ministries that's getting ready to take off here in the Archdiocese of Portland, and he's going to have all the details for us. And when we come back, I'll share how my experience of learning Encounter Ministries as I go into this as a student, but also as clergy, is really blossoming for me, the experience of the faith in a new and exciting way. So stay with us. we got a great show ahead on this week's View from the Pew. What would you wish if you saw a shooting star in an ordinary Get 2023 off to a powerful start with Monterey Radio's Hail Mary Media app. Make your resolution to grow closer to Christ in the new year, and we'll give you the tools to achieve that goal, including a huge library of audio, video, and text prayers. You could even set a customized schedule of your personal prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also lets you catch a live broadcast of Monterey Radio and access podcasts of all our original programming, including shows not available on the radio. Plus, there's unique features in our Catholic Lifestyle section, The Bridge, exciting local events on our interactive community calendar, and much more. Resolve to download it today. Just search Hail Mary Media in the App Store or go to MonterdayRadio.com and follow the instructions. Make 2023 your year to grow closer to Jesus with the Hail Mary Media app. From Monterey Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Family life can be hectic, but God can be found right in the middle of it. So take a moment for this week's View from the Pew. 
When Christ sat with the apostles at the Last Supper, he spoke to them and said this, Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe because of the works themselves. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do, and I will do greater ones than these because I am going to the Father. Well, then a few verses later, he goes on. I'm going to ask the Father, he says, he will give you another advocate to be with you always. Well, we know what happens in the Acts of the Apostles because they tell us of all the things the Apostles were able to do. Well, has that gift of Christ through the Holy Spirit, is it still among us today? Well, a school of ministry is preparing people to encounter the Holy Spirit. And joining me today is Kevin Minetti. He is the director of the Encounter School of Ministry set to open here in Portland later this year. Hello, Kevin. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, Kevin, I read that that was uh, something that happened more than 2,000 years ago. And I think about kids and young adults when they are presenting themselves for confirmation. We don't see flames of the Holy Spirit descending upon them. So I think we think that it's something different than what happened to the apostles versus what we see at confirmation. Is that the same thing? The gifts that the apostles received, the same as what our kids are getting at confirmation? I would say it's exactly the same. It's the same Holy Spirit. When Holy Spirit comes, sometimes um, there's something that's more, I want to say, just liturgical and how um, we traditionally experience Holy Spirit um, through the practical signs. But then there's also something that reacts to a gift of faith. And faith, we understand in in, um, St. Paul's letters, it says, um, we are transformed by the renewal of our minds. So we actually get more full of faith the more that we come into agreement with what the Father wants. That's why Jesus walked in that authority and with the power and signs and wonders is because his mind was completely conformed to his Father. So he was able to receive those. So when you talk about the ministry school of what we're doing, it's all about that transformation. Who am I before God? And how do I come into agreement with with what he wants? And we find that when when we press into that agreement and we learn what, Jesus actually said what the Bible actually said, um, more is available to us than, than we ever thought. And that's, that's what's intended, not just for the ones starting ministry schools, not for the ones in saint books, even though we have a wealth of history of all these saints that have so many signs, it's for every believer. Kevin, I believe many people may be familiar with the charismatic movement and that somehow people kind of like, I'm, I'm not too sure about that. Encounter ministry, though, sounds to be so much more full. Tell our listeners about what is Encounter Ministries and how it formed. Absolutely. So the, the mission statement, I would say, of Encounter Ministries is drawing from the richness of our Catholic heritage. Encounter Ministries exist to teach, equip, and, and activate disciples to demonstrate the love of God through the power of the Holy Spirit to their sphere of influence. 
influence. So we're really not, we're, we're not calling ourselves charismatic, although we believe that every person should have charisms, um, which are, are, are the gifts of the Holy Spirit to empower the church to effectively evangelize. You can't dismiss the charismatic dimension of the church, but I think the charismatic movements in the past have often developed um, a, a culture um, if you will, to them, um, where sometimes you see that they're operating in the charisms. Other times you see maybe it's it's more emotion-based um, that people want a place to express themselves. And and nothing against expressing emotions. I, I personally love to express my emotions and my faith. I think that's part of being human. Um, but we also want to to really embrace the the orthodoxy of the church and how there's such such a rich foundation to our faith, to the signs and wonders. I mean, you can't miss it if you go through the Gospels or the the uh, Acts of the Apostles. It's like it's like a miracle book. I think I heard the statistic that one third of the Gospels is Jesus's signs and wonders. So it just it blows me away um, to see uh, how much this is supposed to be a part of the life of the church. And it's not just a, a sideshow to our ministry and evangelizing. A real encounter is what Kevin hopes to bring to the Portland area in a new Encounter School of Ministries. It is set to begin bringing people into its classes later this year. Kevin is joining us today to tell us a little bit more about Encounter Ministries. Kevin, the movement of the church, I mean, from its beginning, it was a lay movement as then priests began to be ordained and bishops and cardinals began to organize the church. Is Encounter Ministries just that a a ministry for and led by lay people or are clergy very closely involved in bringing it forward? Yeah, I'd say it's a beautiful partnership. Um, the executive director of Encounter Ministries is a lay person with a family. I think he has six children. Um, so just fully embracing the life of, of that vocation, but also the president um, and co-founder of Encounter Ministries is Father Matthias Thalen. They've had such a beautiful harmony of how they lead things together, um, both from the lay perspective and uniting and equipping lay people to do more so it's not all on the priests or not all on the bishops to take initiatives to evangelize. However, there there is also a great reverence and respect for the magisterium. And you'll notice if you've ever seen the encounter logo, right in the middle of it is a monstrance. The symbol of the O is actually the Eucharist right there. Um, because this this is believing in in the power of the sacramental church. Um, Patrick Rice he has a a great testimony of his personal conversion to faith. Was feeling something supernatural as Jesus walked by him in a monstrance. Like he was he was physically affected. Wow. And and was blown away by that. Is that wouldn't have happened without having <laughs> the priestly ministry of bringing the Eucharist to us. So. I think people have the idea of school as, all right, I've got my backpack and my books in hand and I'm going to sit at a desk and they're going to teach me something and then I'm going to be tested on it and they're going to give me a degree when I'm done. Encounter Ministry, yeah, just a little bit different kind of a result. Tell our listeners what Encounter Ministry teaches in these two-year programs. 
Sure. Well, first I'll probably lay out kind of what it looks like when you enter into class. So each night is set up relatively the same. So you enter in, the first part of class is worship. Um, that's part of class. That's not uh, what I like to say, like a warm-up. Uh, you come in and uh, worship makes it less awkward. No, worship is so essential so that you can enter into a space of prayer and expectation and, and see God for who he is and who you are before him. So that's the first part of class. There's two teaching sessions to the class. So there is teaching and each one will be developed around whatever that quarters theme is. After each session, at the end of it, there are activations. Now, activations are more of like practical applications. You just heard a talk, you heard a teaching, and now we're going to see how can we apply this in class. Now, as far as the, the quarters uh, for the class, so it's a two-year school. Now, I will say two years, anybody planning for that will often say, oh, gosh, that's that's really long. That's, that's a lot there. Mm -hmm. um, Kind of the quip uh, that I've, I've embraced that Patrick Rice has said, he said, well, this is a, a school of transformation. So discipleship is so important. And it's actually one year less than Jesus did. <laughs> um, so we're, we're looking at when you are in a process of something, it takes time. It takes time to not just learn something mechanically, but you are learning something in relationship. It's about an encounter. That's why it's encounter ministries. It's not structured ministries, programmatic ministries. This is developed in relationship with Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit. So the, the quarters as they go, the first one is identity. So the logic is you don't do any ministry until you learn who you are before God and what he thinks about you. Because otherwise, we, we might have the temptation to do ministry out of a, a bad place, what we call a performance-based mentality. The other quarters for the first year, we have prophecy and hearing God's voice. We have physical healing, and then we have inner healing and freedom. So those first four themes, those first four quarters are really what allow people to partner with the basic ministry that Jesus was doing when he was here on the earth. The second year goes a little bit deeper. So the first quarter of that second year is power evangelization. And, and those are some of the, the more practical tips of how to actually spread the gospel. Then we have intimacy with God. And we go into maybe the more contemplative area of the church, the mystical area of the church. And then the second to last quarter is advanced ministry. So all the things that maybe were covered in the first year, but we get to take them a little bit deeper in each of their areas. And then the last one is leadership and deployment. How do you take everything that you've learned and develop it and develop it in community and make sure that it has the right order and balance in your life? Wow, that sounds incredible. And it is part of the Encounter Ministry School that will be opening their branch here in Portland later this year. Kevin Minetti is the director of the school in Portland, and he's joining us today. So for listeners who are intrigued the way that I have been in our discussion, where can they find out more information about what's happening here in Portland? Sure. Well, I'll say applications are going to open for the school starting January 15th. So they will be open. Um, 
and the school itself will start in September. Now we'll have a summer event to really kind of give an introduction to the school or for those that can't make the school. Um, it's just a, a small preview that's going to happen over the summer. But if they want more information on that or where all of our details will be posted, it's encounterschool.org slash Portland. And we also have a Facebook page set up. We'll probably have more social media set up soon. And that's Encounter School of Ministry Portland Campus. But I'll say encounterschool.org slash Portland. It'll talk about all the details of the school, kind of give you some more videos of what's happening nationally throughout Encounter Ministries, not just in our Portland campus. Wow, Kevin, just what an incredible opportunity and what a leap of faith that you have taken in order to bring this to our area, an area so in need of a ministry like Encounter Ministries. Thank you so much for your work. Thank you for joining me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Brenda. And again, that is Kevin Minetti, the Encounter School of Ministry, Portland Branch Director. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to add the link that Kevin was just talking about where you can find out more information about the school and Encounter Ministries. I'm going to add that link to the podcast of this interview. You can access that podcast at materdayradio.com and also through the Hail Mary media app. Well, you know, Scott, talking with Kevin, and he's been a friend of ours for several years, and you've worked with him on different things. You can't help but feel his excitement for this. And I think that excitement for ministry just brings people in. And it's a really wonderful opportunity that's about to begin here. You've been part of Encounter Ministries. Kind of share more about how it's been for you coming into a new ministry like this. Yeah, you know, oftentimes ministries that we enter into, we're invited into them. And this is no different. Kevin Minetti, who, as you said, we've known for a number of years, he, on a on an inspiration of God, invited me to an Encounter Ministries weekend to just experience that. That was back in last February. And I was so struck by the, the presence of the people and the presence of the Holy Spirit amongst the people in that weekend that uh, from that point forward, Kevin and I kept connected and he asked if I would be interested in learning more about Encounter Ministries. So I entered into the Encounter Ministries online class um, of the School of Ministry. I started that now, I've been my finishing up my second quarter. There's four quarters a year. It's a two-year program and just been it's just been phenomenal. I think one of the reasons why it's particularly been so phenomenal for me is it's all done on Zoom. And before COVID, Zoom and MS Teams and those things that we used to do or that we do now that we didn't even think of doing before COVID, now we do as a commonplace. And so this class that I'm on online with is a class that is extremely diverse, 50 people from all over the world, Singapore, uh, New Zealand, England, Canada, you, you name it, they're all in, a, in this class together. And we learn not only this beautiful means of understanding the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we do it in such a way that we have this 
unity, this unifying aspect of our faith across these great distances through this means of the uh, the internet, the roads of Rome come to the place right here. So it's been a very exciting learning that. So something that has been an unusual experience for me is as a deacon's wife, I've spent well, the last number of years, 15 years, supporting you in your endeavors and ministries. And this was one that I was really excited to attend. And I'll say this, looking in initially to experience such excitement in such a just outward way when I attended just one evening here locally in Portland when you first attended. It was a little overwhelming, I say this, but then as I rested into this and watching all of the people that were in attendance, and then you experienced this again with thousands of people at their national conference, to see that many people praising the Lord, praying over each other, and just experiencing God's love in just such a outward way was just amazing. Yeah. And I think, you know, what it, it certainly um, inspires me. I, I, I was born when Vatican II was closing and the diaconate was reinstituted in the church. So at in my childhood, there was a lot of discussion and practices of, of charismatic movement, charismatic faith. Some of that went far afield, and it unfortunately kind of put a put a damper on people's enthusiasm for the charismatic movement. But if we look at the history of our church, which is why the, the ordinary time that we're going through to look at the history of how our faith comes to us, we see that the beginning of our faith was extremely charismatic. And so there's something there that we, I believe, have a, an opportunity and a responsibility to fully embrace our baptism and our confirmation. And how many of us have children who've gone through confirmation They go, oh, I don't feel any different. Well, a lot of that is because we haven't been exposed to the potential of what does it mean to have a gift of the Holy Spirit and how is that gift to be used in the community that I live in? Well, that's really what we're tapping into at Encounter Ministries. And I'm going to be uh, not only going through this course as I'm doing right now, but I plan on being part of the cadre of teachers and taking all that I've learned in my, my clergy theology and applying it amongst this encounter experience and ministry. So I'm really excited to see this just explode. And I've got to say one last thing before this end of the show to say this ministry conference I just went to in December back in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It was so beautiful for the mass that we had. We had 100 plus priests processing in for the mass. And of the three masses that took place that three days we were there at the conference, one of them was led by the youngest bishop in the United States, the Auxiliary Bishop of New York, Bishop Joseph Spilett. And he spoke one of the most powerful homilies I've heard a bishop speak. He was so in, in, enthralled and enthusiastic about what the faith can bring when we tap into the gifts of the Holy Spirit in earnest, all of us, clergy, laity, and together. And so I'm excited about what's being brought here to Portland, and I hope that it will be um, received with uh, with a real enthusiasm from the communities of Vancouver and Portland. Well, as that ministry begins to develop, you will definitely hear more about it on The View from the Pew. Scott, before we go, will you end us in prayer? Lord, thank you for the great 
gift of the ability to encounter you, encounter you in one another, encounter you within our families. We pray for the Holy Spirit to give us enthusiasm of our faith, to enliven our faith, that we may go out into the world with joy and hope in our heart to bring the good news to those who need to hear so much of your love in their life. We ask all this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless. Have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Monterey Radio in Portland, Oregon.